Hey there, Annie and Julie here. We just wanted to pop in real quick before we dive into this episode and announce our new show name. We're excited to announce that we're rebranding the Investing for Good podcast as the Life and Money Show. Now, this new name reflects the broad focus of our episodes and guests thus far and allows us to tell even more stories about living a meaningful and intentional life by design while also making an impact. We're extremely grateful for your support and listenership as we've grown this podcast and are excited to begin this new chapter so we can bring you even more valuable stories and insights. With that, let's dive into the episode. Hire a coach. You know, there is someone out there that's 10 steps ahead of you from where you want to be. Like if I have someone that's teaching me and he's a little further, well, like like where I want to be, like I I want to hire that person to help me get there. One for accountability and two, he's going to hold my hand and show me what's coming next. So I, I believe in coaches. You're listening to the life and money show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, hey everyone. Annie Dickerson here with my fabulous co-host, Julie Lamb. Julie, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing excellent, Annie. How are you? Good. You look like you got some sunshine on your face. I know we hate talking about the weather, but it looks sunny over where you are. <laughs> I, I know it is. Yeah. I. Um, it's funny because I went to this meditation retreat that I went to oh, yeah, a couple, yeah. I guess, God, I think while it was ago. a couple years yeah. ago now. Yeah. So, you know, in the wintertime, I think I have that weird thing that happens when you don't get sun and then you get like sort of the, I forget there's like a, the blues or there's like a winter, yeah, I forget yeah, yeah. what it's called, right. yeah. but I get that. And so I have to be really intentional and there's the spot in my bedroom every morning where the sun just you know fills the room and I just sit there for like three minutes and just get my daily dose of like vitamin D you just charge and up been, <laughs> and I just charge up seriously yeah. and so you know it's been like that for at least I don't know a week straight so we've been getting a lot of sun so yeah it's oh, good it's uh, that sounds glorious just that yeah. peace and tranquility oh my gosh yeah. there's nothing like a good dose of sunshine <laughs> yeah, and right. you know it reminds me of the camping trips we've taken over the last uh-huh. year. I used to yeah. hate camping, hated oh, really? it. But then oh, I realized, you know, it's all about the gear. You have to have the right gear, you know? Yeah. And this past year, of course, because of COVID, <laughs> we started camping on private land uh-huh. and it was a new experience. You know, first it was like, you know, you, you never know if they're going to have bathrooms or not and, you know, what the situation is going to be. But it was really yeah. amazing camping on mm-hmm. private land with these private owners who had like, like one time we camped in this apple orchard and they had a pond there. And it was just all these really beautiful experiences that we don't normally get when we camp at state parks and and the like. And so I bring that up because our guest today is Brent Bowers. He is a real estate investor. He's a coach and he's also the creator of the Land Sharks, where Mm -hmm. he teaches people to do exactly what he does, which is invest in vacant land. So I love this show because before we interviewed him, I knew nothing about investing in vacant land. I'm like, 
like, why the heck would you want to invest in vacant land? You yeah. can't produce cash flow from that. Like it's nothing. There's nothing yeah. there. There are no hookups. There's like, it's just dirt <laughs> and grass and maybe a tree, uh-huh. but like, uh-huh. why would you invest in that? And through the show, he talked about how there's so many people out there who want to own their own piece of land yeah. and how he's made it this really like streamlined experience for his company as well as the the end buyer. So he's really creating this end-to-end win-win for everybody involved. It's pretty yeah. yeah. And also just like the recreational thing that we, you know, that you were just yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. I was reminded because we asked him that question. Why would people want to buy vacant right. land? Like, why in the <laughs> world would people want to do that? And um, he reminded me of a time a few years ago, many years ago, five, five or six years ago, where uh, you know, a mom and I talked a little bit about this in the in the episode, but another mother had approached me about buying a piece of vacant land in Northern California as a campsite where there's no water hookups and electricity and all this and that. But it's just a place for us to go and the families would rotate their use of it and all this kind of thing. And he reminded me of that on the show. He said, well, some people just like to have it as as a recreational place, uh, just a piece of land. And then that's when he showed us his, the little certificate and this little bottle of like dirt that he gives to all of his clients that buy land from him. And it's, I guess, a certificate that says, yes, I own this piece of land. And inside the bottle is the dirt from the actual site. That was so cool. That was so cool. I want to just go do it just so like you said, just so I, I know find me on my shelf yes. and be like, I own a piece of earth. Yes, I do. Yes. You know, <laughs> but yeah, it was so fun. Yeah. And I, I think we both learned so much about how it all works and it's just yeah. a fascinating model. And he talks about how he never intended to get into it, but he realized it was this opportunity. He was yeah. minded and he realized despite his coach telling him, no, just throw away those land leads. Those that'll never take you anywhere, but he took a chance. Yeah. He grew this whole business out of it. Um, Well, and he came from the wholesaling world, right? And this is so interesting to me because I think all too often we're, we're just like we were talking, we were talking about this the other day, you chase something, you chase something and the universe has like another thing out there for you, right? Like here he is chasing, chasing wholesale leads. And then boom, there it is. Somebody's telling him, don't pay attention to it. But then boom, there is like his whole entire like next life is like right there in the thing that no one else was looking at in his industry. And so anyone who's out there who might be thinking about getting active in real estate, you know, that's the beautiful thing about about what we do in real estate is you can get so creative with everything that we do. And you just have to think outside of the box and sort of, you know, think about what your strengths and your interests are and really think about how you can apply it to to what you're looking for and what you want to do. So yeah. So well said. And you know, on this show, we cover so many different ways to build wealth because really we're trying to give our listeners a buffet of options to build wealth, not just through real estate or just through what we do. But that being said, for all those listeners out there who are new to the world of passive real estate investing, maybe you stumbled on this show and you're like, "Hmm, I don't know what this whole passive real estate investing is all about. Well, we've got the perfect resource for you. And that is our book, Investing for Good. And to get your free copy, all you need to do is text the word book to 41404 and we'll get you all the details. 
Now, before we get into this episode, I wanted to highlight a recent listener review. We always love those five-star reviews. Keep them coming. We love that listener love. And this one comes from James645. And James says, A plus show. I would rate it 10 stars if I could. Uh, Well, we would rate you 10 stars, James. Thank you so much. Well, for all of our listeners, thank you so, so much for your support. Keep it coming. Let us know your feedback. We read every single one of those reviews. All right. Well, without further ado, let's jump into our episode with Brent Bowers. Brent, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, Annie. So good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, Brent, I don't know about you, but personally, when I'm looking for a stable, secure, lucrative, and cash-flowing investment, the first thing I think of is vacant land. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally kidding. You <laughs> are not kidding because you are an absolute expert in vacant land, which is exactly why we wanted to have you on this show. But it's pretty much the last thing that I think of. Uh, when I look at a piece of vacant land, I'm like, how the heck do you make any money off of that. So we're super excited to pick your brain about that because I know that vacant land is your specialty. I know you've been able to build and scale a business around investing in vacant land, which has allowed you to spend more time with your family and create a life by design. So Brent, I got to ask, how the heck did you get into vacant land investments in the first place. Take us back. Tell us a little bit of your story and what led you to get on that path. Well, I have a very long, emotional, tear-jerking story. So I hope you have your Kleenexes ready. No, and that's so funny that you say, how the heck do you make money in land? I remember being there uh, back in 2007 when I had bought my first uh, investment property. First of all, thanks for having me on the Investing for Good podcast. Uh, You guys, I've listened to some of your episodes. You guys do great things. Thanks for doing what you do. So getting back to your question, you know, I was in the military and I had, I was in the military about eight and a half years. And I, out of that time, I was probably gone four and a half of those years. I only slept in my bed, maybe four of those years. It was around my family, my wife. So I knew I needed to do something a little bit different. I knew I needed to learn how to be an investor. And I always wanted to be in real estate. I bought my first house in 2007. I became a landlord but I knew that I needed to do it a little bit differently. I thought that being a real estate investor was like almost like being a rock star type thing. Uh, But another thing I knew that was negative is real estate investors work a lot. It's like, you know, they don't see the people that like watch HGTV and all these house flipping things. They don't see all the behind scenes of the contractors ripping them off and having to balance the books and, oh, Amex turned my card off again because I'm way over my limit and the books need to be balanced. And, oh, I now have a tax bill that I wasn't expecting. That's $125,000. Like it's not all shiny. They don't show any of that on TV, the sleepless nights and the nail but like they don't show any of that it's just smooth and easy it's wrapped up within 30 minutes that's funny i still have those sleepless nights from time to time every once in a while not as much never on land deals though uh which is so funny we have a, a property we still do a little bit of house buying and flipping i have a, a very good partner that runs that side of the business she's amazing and i literally woke up last night i was like oh my god is there heat on 
at one of our houses because it was like 18 degrees. So that was a sleepless night. But getting back to how I chose land. So I'm trying to get out of the military. I knew I had to replace my income. And honestly, I didn't care if I made even less when I got out of the military. I just knew I'd have more time because I was getting to physical training by 6 a.m. every morning and leaving the office by about 6 p.m. So I was doing a solid 12-hour workday and still got called in the weekends, had to go in. It was miserable. And I had just was starting a family. So I was building a wholesaling business. I was wholesaling houses because everyone that gets in the real estate thinks, oh, what's the easiest path? That's wholesale houses. So I hired a coach. I was getting that off the ground, you know, starting to go okay. I was spending tons of money on marketing. I mean, I was going in debt to send out postcards. And my coach told me, he's like, just throw the vacant land away. Don't mail that stuff. It's garbage. He might not have said it was garbage. I just added that word. But I was mailing this list. It was the tax delinquent list, people that are behind on their taxes. And I was getting rid of all this vacant land and we were scrubbing it. And then one day I heard this guy on a podcast talking about buying land at a massive discount and turning around and selling it on financing. And he was buying it directly from the auction. Well, that just seemed way too complicated to me. I was like, maybe I should just mail these owners with this vacant land that's they're behind on their taxes. They live out of state. They probably don't want it. So I mailed 678 mailers, postcard, uh, call it a neutral letter. And I got probably like 87 phone calls, like give or take. I did not get a chance to return all these phone calls, but out of those two phone or out of those 87 phone wait, calls. Wait, hold on. Just give everybody, all the listeners, just some context here. Normally, it, not the vacant land, but all the other, the homes and the properties you were mailing. If you had mailed out, let's say 700 cards to those properties, how many calls would you expect to get back? Yeah, if there were houses. Maybe we would have gotten three or four or five phone calls. One might have been maybe a warm or cold lead. And the other four would have been like, F you, don't ever mail me again. So that's kind of my response rate. We... <laughs> We get a like we get a close. I mean, we had to mail about five thousand five hundred letters ish to get one deal, oh. and that's that's constantly. That's not just mailing once. That's mailing every single month, staying consistent with it for houses. For houses, now land is so much less. Like we mail out three hundred offer letters, we get a deal. I call them my LOLs, my land offer letters, because every time I get one back, returned, signed, we laugh out loud because like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we just got this smoking hot deal. But out of those 87 phone calls, I got two deals, two parcels of land that I pulled from that. And the rest is history. We just started kind of rinsing and repeating. I built a team behind it. They helped me. Um, I couldn't do it without them. Uh, they, they've built this business. You know, we have a land buying machine and a land selling machine. So that is where land became the baby and changed my life as far as allowing me to get out of the military financial freedom, time freedom, travel freedom. So that's a long answer to your short question. Wow. It really sounds like land became the epitome of that blue ocean strategy, you know, whereas, <laughs> you know, everybody else was going after that red ocean, the houses, you know, and these property owners were probably getting lots of these letters, but then the landowners, because every other coach, every other program says, just throw those away. Don't mail those. And you <laughs> took a moment and you said, wait a second. Well, what if, what if I just took a chance to see, you know, could this be the answer? Could this be the low hanging fruit? And you took a chance and you did it. And it's completely changed the trajectory of your life. 
And so yes. tell us, okay, so you got these, you mailed out 678 postcards, you got 80 something calls back, you got two parcels of land, but you had been trying to wholesale houses. So was the model the same? Were you like, what, how did you know what to even do with you know the land? That's a really good question. It was very similar. And I'd already had the systems as far as the CRM and the phone numbers and the mail house and all that. So, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, coaches and real estate investors say, no, no shiny object syndrome. It was an extremely easy addition to what I was already doing. And it's funny because those first couple land deals paid for more mailings for houses. So a lot of times we'll get those stick land profits into buildings like my office building here and extremely amazing as far as tax benefits when you start getting into commercial. And I know you guys are big on syndications and apartments and all that. But yeah, it was a really easy transition. It was very similar uh, because at the end of the day, wholesaling houses is about, is about getting house under contract for as little as possible and flipping it to cash buyers, a big, robust cash buyers list. And you know, getting, you know, a difference between what you have it under contract for and what you sell it for, you, you keep that difference. So it's the same thing with land. However, land is a little bit more sexy because we open up our cash buyers, we open up our buyers inventory. There's way more buyers that can afford two, three, $400 a month because Americans think on monthly payments, can I afford the monthly payment rather than cash buyers that can write a check for $300,000 in six days. You know, there's way more people out there that can come up with two or $300 a month. And I love that you mentioned the, the blue ocean strategy. You know, it's like I'm sitting in a canoe with a five gallon bucket, just like pulling water out of the ocean. And I never run out because that's, that's how much land there is in the United States. Yeah. And they're not making more of it. I hear, <laughs> you know, that's what grandpa said. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. So I don't know anything. I don't know the first thing about wholesaling land. So it's like, okay, so you get these phone calls back. How do you even go about figuring out a price for yeah. land and then knowing how much that land, how much you can turn around and sell it for? Yeah. Good point. Um, I'm not the expert on anything. I rely on the experts and there's, I, I like to rely on the experts for the price. You know, my first parcel I purchased, I relied on the expert. We had gotten a piece of land under contract. Actually, it was one of those mailers we sent out. The guy had agreed to admit, to give me this piece of land. I said, give for $285. Uh, this was a CPA. So he's a very educated gentleman. He had retired and he traded this land like 10 years ago and he'd been paying taxes on it. So he paid well, way over $285 in taxes. But long story short, I had no clue what it was worth. So me and my wife and my brand new uh, born baby, my first child, we rode about an hour and a half and looked at this land. It was just magnificent. And I just couldn't figure out like why this land was still sitting here. Come to find out it was non-buildable. A really simple thing. It was just one ingress and egress that firefighters would allow it. So they had to build a road over railroad tracks. That's it. So I called this real estate office. We were leaving the, the land and I saw this real estate office like a mile away. So we called them and thank God there was a realtor in there on a Saturday. And I was like, hey, what can I blast this land out for on the MLS? Like, I don't want to hold it long. Like I'm spending grocery money to buy this land. I need to be gone in like 30, 45 days. And she goes, well, it's like, she was very familiar with the property. Like she told me like why it wasn't buildable. She goes, well, I think maybe 10,000. And I was like, what? <laughs> 
So you're telling me I can get rid of, I could sell this land on the MLS for about 10,000. She goes, ah, probably. And so I was like, can I call you back? So I call, I was hung up, tell my wife the whole thing. And my phone rings again, it's her. And I was like, hello. <laughs> and she goes, you know, hey, I was thinking, is it okay if I buy that land from you? And I was like, oh my God, what? And she goes, yeah, I'd like to buy the land. I was like, what are you offering? She goes, $5,000. And I was like, well, when can you close? It's Saturday. She goes, I can close on Wednesday. And me, I'm an amazing negotiator. So I was like, sure, let's do it. And uh, she <laughs> said, all right, let's do it. So I called the seller back and I told him, I was like, I'm going to meet you on Tuesday. Is that okay? So he came with the quit claim deed, the transfer document to give me the ownership of this land. And I didn't record it. I sent it right to the title company. Title company did everything. And I got my $5,000 check the next day. So that was me relying on the experts. I had no clue anything about this land. And the other experts are Zillow. Like look what other lands sold for. Look what other lands listed for. And then the land websites, you know, you can see there's land websites out there and there's people out there selling land, land watch, land flip, land and farm. So th that's how we figure out what it's worth. And then we backtrack and we come up with an offer, 30, 40, 50 cents on the dollar. So we're literally just getting landed, massive discount and turning around and selling it at retail price because we offer financing. That's it. That's, a, that's the whole business. So is the whole part of the business trying to basically flip it? It's kind of like wholesaling land. Is that is that essentially like you don't hold it for cash flow or anything like that, right? No, Julie, I do. I do hold all of ours for cash. So in the beginning, I did flip it because I had no uh -huh. clue what I was doing. Uh -huh. uh, my second parcel, I actually started with the seller financing. So my goal with every piece of land, every land deal we do mm -hmm. is to add to our monthly passive income because, you know, when we hit 100 K a month and, and land payments, we're going to be set for five, six, seven years. Like we won't even have to work. We'll have the problem again in seven years when everyone pays the land off. But everyone say, for instance, if my land specialist sells five parcels of land this week and each one of them are $200 a month in payments, we just added a thousand dollars a month to our land for our passive income. So if we could do that every week, you know, 52 weeks, we'd be at $52,000 a month. Uh -huh. Okay. Got it. And so it's the strategy is to get people to basically kind of like note investing almost, right? Where it's like, Hey, I'm going to pay you this loan or I'm going to pay off this, the cost of this land for X amount of dollars over five years, or what is the normal time frame or hold period? You got it. Uh, that's five exactly years. like we're creating notes for five anywhere from five to 30, but my average is five years. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. And then if, and so they, you, if they, if they default on those payments, then you get to take the land back. Yes. That's the sad part about this business. There are going to be people defaulting and it does happen. I would say out of every 10 or 11 parcels we sell, we get one default. So it's about, you know, 10% of the time because easy come easy go. We don't run background or credit checks. And I, we're, we're kind of coming up with, we're learning that the, the higher the down payment we get, the less defaults we'll have. Cause it's, it's a sad day when so, we're already profitable on some of this land and then they just stop paying or lose their job, whatever, you name it, they're everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. But it's funny. I have some note investors as students now because mm -hmm. they were buying notes from others. Now they're creating their own notes and they own the asset too. So it's mm -hmm. just really cool. That's so interesting. So, okay. So, so you take the land, you hold it for five years. Who is the person that's buying it? And what are they? I mean, because if I'm thinking about it, there's nothing on the land. <laughs> so if I was thinking about where I'm going to spend $200 a month, 
what's the what is my what is my goal what am i trying to accomplish by paying you 200 dollars a month for this yeah. piece of land that has nothing on it like what is what am i trying to do with it in five years yeah and there's a couple different types of land so there's a couple different types of buyer you know you got your infill buildable lots that are right here in the city where i'm at that's kind of where i started those buyers are, you know, what builder. city are you in? I'm in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Oh, right. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. So those buyers are, you know, builders, you know, they build spec homes where they just build the same exact home on every single lot. And some, some of those buyers are sometimes flippers that are tired of flipping and mm -hmm. finding, uh, you know, anything under the sun. And so they're mm -hmm. going to control the process. And then you have recreational land like that is, and I'm only going to talk about the two land types right now. Um, recreational land. That's kind of my bread and butter. That stuff in the middle of nowhere. Like you just said, Julie, no water, no electricity. And it's like, who the heck would want this stuff? But it's so funny because there's a lot of people out there that just want to have, you know, something they can call their own, you know, a place they can go camp or bring their, their RV or, or tent, mm -hmm. you know, sleep under the stars you know, have a fire and s'mores and all those things, shoot their guns, the American dream. And I'll tell you what, COVID, <laughs> COVID has pushed so many people out to where they want to kind of get off the beaten path a little bit. And yeah. it's so funny, like we bought almost 125 parcels at one time. We had a lot of inventory when COVID happened. And I was like, oh my God, all of my land buyers are going to stop paying. And then how am I going to sell the rest of this land? Well, one stop paying out of like a hundred, hundred notes. And by the way, our, our land like skyrocketed because now yeah. there's such a demand for it. And the last thing I'll do to answer your question, Julie, is who is that buyer? It's never who we think it is. It's like 107, I bought 117 parcels of Arizona land, like arid desert, no water, no power, no nothing. And I was scared to death when we bought this land because I was like, no one's going to buy this stuff. And I started making sales. It took me like three months. Like this was the longest land I've ever had to try and work to sell. And it's just because I got the new market. I didn't know anything about it and never stepped foot on it. I started making sales and I would call these people and I would be like, hey, how's the land going? I would be so timid, so scared. I knew they were going to want a refund because I was given 90 day money back guarantee. <laughs> Not one asked for a refund. They were so thrilled to have it. They would ask to buy more or refer their friends. And it just hit me that day just because Brent Bowers doesn't want the land because I'm from Florida. Like we have water and we have trees and green grass. And in Colorado, we have mountains, Arizona, like desert, like what the heck? Did, well, who wants that land? Well, there's people that do like, mm -hmm. I'm not my buyer. So my avatar is for a while was truck drivers. Mm -hmm. And then another, like when we, it's funny, it's my avatar is whoever's selling my land. I've had a, mm -hmm. a retired 64 year old grandmother selling land lately. Guess who she's been selling land? Grandparents. Like, it's mm -hmm. so funny. Like me, I was, some reason I connected well with truck drivers. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's your spirit animal. I'm yeah. telling you what, I'm going to start a trucking company. <laughs> the universe is trying to tell you something, Brent. I would love to drive an 18 wheeler down the road. I would need like lights and sirens and a really loud horn. Cause like I would be barreling. Like that'd be so, so fun. So funny. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay. So what about, so, so that's so interesting because actually, about four or five years ago, so I live in San Francisco in the Bay Area, which there's land is tight here, vacant yeah. land. And, you know, just finding a place to go for recreation, like you had brought up. And that was kind of the first thing that came to my mind is who's buying this land and what they would use it for. That was actually something that came to my mind because there was a woman that I met 
in a mother's group and she was trying to organize a bunch of us to come together to buy a piece of vacant land up north in Sonoma County. And it was same thing, no water, no electricity, no nothing. And it was going to be like four or five of us come together and we all, it's kind of like a timeshare. We all have our time there and we would bring stuff and kind of set it up to have kids be able to play and do all kinds of fun stuff. And it was really enticing for the price for to have an, a space like that to be able to go in the Bay Area, you know, with my family, it was pretty enticing. So that makes sense. So then my next question is, where in the US, and I'm assuming it's only in the US, but where in the US do you focus on buying? Is it everywhere? Is it just in certain areas? Like, can you kind of do this anywhere, anywhere? Or how does that work? Yeah, and it's so funny, I'm still practicing this. I've really only been doing this since 2016. So almost five years now. And I'm still learning. Like there's so much. It goes back to that me sitting in a canoe with a five gallon bucket in the ocean. It just never runs out of water. So my places, my favorite are Florida, Colorado, Arizona, Nevada, Utah. It's a lot of the Midwest areas. Now, granted, I know guys in California that go east you know, to the kind of the desert part mm -hmm. of California and buy and sell out there. Nevada's nuts. You know, I'm not investing personally in my in my recreational land in places like Denver, Colorado, or Miami, Florida. Like if I could see skyscrapers or huge buildings, like that's not that's not me. Like I'm not getting those parcels of land at less than 60 cents on the dollar because that land is in great demand. Kind of like San Francisco. Good luck. You're probably gonna have to send 10,000 offer letters to get a piece of land under 60 cents on the dollar, which is fine. There's a, when you finally do, you get that one for 25 cents on the dollar, hundred grand, you can sell it for 400. You only have to do what? Two of those a year and, and maybe live okay <laughs> at $600,000 profit. So it's really the areas that are kind of off the beaten path. Like I try and be, you know, 30 minutes away from the McDonald's and the Walmarts. Now, granted, like there's some areas like uh, Florida, you know, there's one thing we saw in Florida was 2007, 2006, the building boom. They pretty much subdivided everything. Like you can get quarter acre, two acre lots for next to nothing out there. So Florida is one of my favorite places as far as land investing. Okay, cool. And then how do you, so like, let's say somebody who's listening and they're like, wow, this sounds really interesting. You know, I'm thinking about, it, I want to get into this. What's kind of like, so, so I want to talk about what the best way to get into this. If you're kind of a newbie and you want to learn about, you know, buying a piece of land, what kind of like the best things are. But I think, and then the second question would be, how do you identify a good piece of land or what makes a good opportunity? Because with what we do, there's different things that we have to take into consideration. And some of that is like, you know, job growth, population growth, how far is it from XYZ, all these different metrics, right? But with land, obviously, it's very different. So first question is, how do you get into this? What's the easy, like four step way? And then second question is, how do you identify what makes a good land opportunity? All right, four steps, how to get into it. So I love the <laughs> fact of a newbie, you know, the biggest misconception and myth is all oh, the easiest way to get started in real estate is wholesaling. It doesn't take any money. Okay. Well try that. You're going to be handwriting letters for the rest of your life. Um, I love land because it's so, you know, so much less risk. You don't have to have as much money into it. You can literally get the property under contract and find a buyer while you're doing it. So the four step process, one, pick your playground, pick your area. Number two, in that area, there are people out there waiting to hear from us. There are people that live out of state. They inherited the land. They might be a couple years on behind on taxes. So reach out to the tax collector, you know, the county tax collector and get that tax delinquent list. You know, they might say that list doesn't exist. Well, ask who is in charge of making sure that the, the property owners pay their taxes. 
Number three is figure out what this list, well, step two, ask the tax delinquent or the, the, the tax assessor how to read that list. Number three, mail that list. Get a letter to these people saying, hey, I'd like to buy your land. I don't care. That's that, that's all you need. And oh, by the way, put your phone number on there so they can get a hold of you or you're going to send them an offer. And number four, buy that land at a massive discount, get it under contract for 30, 60, 90 days and find a buyer for it. That's all you're doing. That's it. At the end of the day, we're getting something very cheap, not very cheap, at a massive discount and turning around and selling it at retail or a discount. It, it works with anything. You could do it with bicycles. You know, if you're a, if you're a young child listening to this show and you're wondering how to make money, you know, get the bicycles that are out of the dumpster, clean them up and sell them for a profit. Like that's all we're doing with land. And then the second question, I think I'm ready for it, Julie. Can you repeat it again? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. Second question is, how do you identify a great piece of land or to basically wholesale or what makes a good, you know, a good opportunity when it comes to land? And I think that kind of also similar, you know, to number one, you had said, pick your area. Well, how do you even know where to, where to even go and what, you know, what makes sense? So this is where most of your listeners are probably going to stop listening, especially your highly analytical listeners that <laughs> look at market trends and job growth and what the, the level school is. Yeah. Here's how I identify a good piece of land. Can I get it at a massive discount? That's it. That's it. Because at the end of the day, there's a buyer for every piece of land. I have bought holes in the ground on accident, by the way, wow. that I have sold and didn't lose money on. I bought properties that had $157,000 IRS tax liens on it and still made money on it. Like I'm still getting paid to this day for that one. You know, it's so crazy. As long as you get it at a massive discount, it's a good piece of land. Like I'm, it's that easy. That's why I love it. Cause I'm a simple person. You know, yeah. I thought I when like you said that our listeners were going to stop listening, I thought you were going to say, well, I go out there and I feel the land. <laughs> I feel the energy. <laughs> we have a seance out there. And then I just like, <laughs> 
But the massive discount, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. We do. We taste the land. We analyze it. Oh my gosh. We send this to our land buyers. This is some of their dirt. So, and we also have a certificate, you know, saying, what congratulations, you're a landowner. They love this stuff. I don't know what this dirt. This might be like Colorado somewhere, but no, I don't taste it. I used to go to a lot of it. And one day I had this like epiphany or my wife just finally, I finally heard what my wife was saying. That's probably what it was. She's like, stop going to it because we can't keep all of it. So I was like, okay. Cause I was like, this one's got all these Aspen trees and all these deer coming through. There's a stream. We could build our cabin. She's like, how many cabins do you want? <laughs> One in every County. That'd be awesome. <laughs> so. For all our listeners, what Brent was holding up on the video was a tiny bottle of actual dirt from the land, which now that you're holding it up, I'm like, Oh my God, that's so so cool. I've never had a desire to own land, but if I could have that on my shelf and when people come mm-hmm. over, I'm like, I own that land. That's actually, yeah. uh, let me show it to you on the map. That's pretty uh-huh. cool. Yeah. That's well, a really cool thing. That's so true. Because, and I didn't come up with this idea. My office manager, Christy did. She's our relationship specialist. She sends like a, this is not actually it, but we sign it. Like, congratulations, you're a landowner. Because a lot of people are skeptical. Like, we have people go on our website and click the buy now button. And their friends will be like, what did you just do? you bought this land from someone you've never met. Like yeah. what's, what if it's like, what if they're selling this land to multiple people? So all those little things like just solidify it, keep us from having defaults and buyer's remorse. And like, now we got so many darn reviews from landowners. Like they don't think we're a scam anymore, but you know, in the beginning it's like, I got that question. Like, well, I'm going to send you $5,000. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think, Julie, maybe we should, how, how can we do that for our apartment investors? Like take a brick from the building. (laughs) Dig up a little piece of the grass. There we go. Owner. Yeah. When you renovate and you replace the roof, you just take one of the old shingles. There we go. Or like you said, the brick from a building you tear down or Hey, old toilet (laughs) seats. I mean, Hey, that's definitely something I'd want to have in my house for sure. It's like a trophy, trophy buck on the back window. Like it's just an old used toilet seat. Right behind me when I do podcasts, that's just with the seat up, of course, that's exactly how I'd want it. (laughs) I would listen to that podcast. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. I have a couple of other questions. So when somebody buys the land from you and they're paying like two, three hundred bucks a month, do they always put down a down payment? Because I think I heard you say some do and maybe some don't, or what does that process look like? Yeah, always. And I try and get a big the bigger down payment, the better. Honestly, in a perfect world, if I buy the land for three thousand dollars, I want to get you know three thousand dollars as a down payment because then guess what? I got all my money back out, no risk, and I'm profitable in like thirty days when they pay that first payment. But yes, every single buyer does a down payment. I don't care what it is. We have tried before, no back, no down payment, just dock fee. We do a dock fee. It helps pay for our sales commission, salesperson, and the you know recording. But when I've done no down payments, like you know how many people paid their payment that next month? Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So down payment, I usually like to have larger than the actual monthly payment. We had somebody that was trying to buy like a $30,000 lot from us the other day. And they only wanted to put $299 down, but their payment was $599 a month. I was like, there's no way they're going to make that payment yeah. next month because mm-hmm. they can't even come up with that. So always, unless we want you know, a, a guaranteed default. Like if we want to just take people's money, yeah, mm-hmm. we can just <laughs> do a small down payment, but 
that's that's not fun. And then there's a payment also on the back end as well, or no? Like what happens when you reach year five and you've paid all the $300 a month for, you know, the five years old time or whatever? Is there anything on the back end or no? That's it. There are some land investors out there that I know do balloon uh-huh. payments. And just right. the sound of that word, like I think of a balloon popping in my face and like darts <laughs> coming out and stabbing me in the eye. I think you're setting your buyers up for failure. So no, we most of our notes are 0% interest. And that's where the note investors are probably like just shaking their head right now. So we're toying around with interest. So we set it up to where it's paid off in five years or paid off in 30 years. We're, we actually have done a few of those 30 years, our bigger bigger uh, subdivides, but no, no balloons because I almost feel like, you know, heck I've ran late on some renovations and flip properties before. Oh, by the way, it was one was a 19 unit apartment complex. And we just paid a $39,000 fine to the hard money lender. So if we wouldn't have had that, he would have taken our apartment complex. Mm-hmm. So I think like you're just setting the buyer up for failure if you do a balloon payment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the two ways really then that you're making money is really on, on the front end. And, and it's not even making money really, but you're, you're just getting your entire investment back on the front end and then over the whole period. So you're in effect, if you can get the money that you paid for it, creating a stream of income with no money in at all. And really what like liabilities and no maintenance maintenance and no telephone calls, no nothing. And you, you're kind of got them on the hook, so to speak, because they've got so much money into it in the form of the down payment that they're more than likely going to keep paying. Do you have a clause that says like, if you stop paying that the, what happens to the down payment, it becomes ours and you default and we keep it. Or what does that look like? Yeah. And that's we, they have 60 days to basically get caught up and we do everything we can. I actually pay someone to help me with collections. If they get behind, they get an email, a text, a phone call. And we've worked with people. We've like loan modified a mm-hmm. couple and people couldn't believe we were doing it either. They wouldn't even take our phone calls and they would answer text because they were embarrassed. Like no yeah. one wants to admit they don't have their $320 a month. We took one down to $80 a month and he just couldn't believe that we worked with him. And I was like, dude, I don't want to have to resell this land. Like we got right. all this other land to sell. So really how we make our money though, at the end of the day is if we buy it for a thousand dollars, we are selling it for no less than 3000, you know, no less than three X return, you know, and I didn't come up with that myself. I'm not that brilliant. I got that from Warren Buffett. You know, he's got the 300% or the three X return. Now, granted, I love to be around like 10 X and we do a lot of like those. We we pay $800 for it and sell the land for 19,000. Now that's like 20 X. So that's where we make our money is that that spread. And it's almost like I like to call it almost like the planet fitness model type thing. They're all about the monthly payments, like $10 a month. You can join this, this gym and like 99% of the people don't even show up to it. And that's what what we're trying to do with the land. Like everyone's like, I'm going to build a cabin. I'm going to build a house. Mm -hmm. No one's built on any of this land. They just have it. They enjoy it. They use it from sometimes, but yeah. And unfortunately we do everything we can to work out a payment plan for some people, but sometimes people just throw their hands in the air or they find out it's going to cost an arm and a leg to drill a well and build a road to their land. And they're like, heck no, I'm not doing that. And I'm like, well, that's why the land was only $20,000. If you had all that, it'd be like Mm -hmm, mm $150,000, but they don't understand that. (laughs) Right, right, right. So yeah, that's an interesting thing. So I'm curious, is it up to the land buyer to do the research to figure out if there's any like restrictions? Like let's say, you know, they wanted to use the land to do X, Y, Z. Is, do you guys provide something that shows them like zoning or restrictions or anything like that so that they know going into it? Is 
not on the buyer to look up and do the research. Both. And it's not complete caveat emptor type thing. Let the buyer beware. If we find out about it, we disclose it. We put it on there. We, we try and do like the 15 commonly asked question is it billable? How do I access it? Do I have to have a septic? Can I get water to it? We try and answer all those questions. And I, and I have a, a person that does the due diligence on every single parcel of land. And then we also you know, run title search and this and that. Um, so we try and show everything to the buyer. And then we also do the money back guarantee. We do a 30 day money back guarantee. Oh, nice. So if they find something weird, now granted, they don't love the land. We, we try and you know give them something else that they will like. I, I don't want to refund them their money back, but we will. And we have, we've done it many times. One recently, it's like we found out there was a guy that owned 14 lots inside of our three acres. It was 14, mm-hmm. 1000 square foot lots. And it was just so weird. And I don't know how we missed it, but we gave that guy, like, I think I had to write a check back to him for like 5,000. That one hurt. Um, and I was like, man, he was paying so much a month, but we sold it again. Like, yeah, it's all good. Mm-hmm. So, but mostly on the, it's on both. Like we explain to the buyer, do your due diligence. We provide all the county phone numbers. We try and make it as easy as possible, but you will not believe how many people don't ever do their due diligence and they come back mm-hmm. a year from now. It's like, it's going to cost this much for a well. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's what I'm saying. Like people are so busy, right? And they buy this property and they're like, oh yeah, 200 bucks a month. And they, you know, 3000 down, they kind of write it off. And then it's like, oh, I'm ready to use it. And then they go and look it up and do their due diligence. And oh, oh, they might've found like, you know, some kind of issue. So yeah. Yeah. And that's where we try it. If we know it, we disclose it. Cause we don't want that. We want them to, to become landowners and tell their friends about us. So that at the end of the day, that's the goal. We get <laughs> so many referrals. What about the taxes? Who pays the taxes? So we break that up into um, every month. We, we divide it by 12, basically, the tax bill. So it's 1200 a year. They pay $100 a month. And as soon as they're due, we try and get them paid. One lesson I learned could be valuable to your listeners if they ever invest in land, you know, is make sure you stay up to date on that. Pay someone to keep track of that because I had an office manager that filed that pink, bright, three by five card that said delinquent 2018 taxes. And I was so happy. I wrote the 2019 taxes. It was like $4 a lot of stupid, so stupid, simple times 118 lots or whatever. And then I saw that we were delinquent on our taxes and it was a fine of $45 a lot. Plus it was like 15. So it was like all this unnecessary cost, like several thousand dollars because my old bookkeeper or my old office manager just filed that pink card away that said delinquent taxes Get keep those things paid up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good tip. Yeah. Okay. One one last question before we move on. So uh, who and and maybe this maybe you mentioned this, but maybe and maybe I missed it. But who actually owns the property? Is it you? Like over the time that they're paying that two hundred dollars a month, like you can you and your company continue to own that piece of land? Are they able to use it? So they pay two hundred bucks a month. Can they come use it, or do they have to pay it off first, or what does that look like? Yeah, ninety nine percent of my property. Properties, I keep it in my LLC, on my corporation. And once they fulfill that contract, 60 months at $100 a month, some people pay it off early. It's really funny. People will pay off land early that on a 0% interest rate. 
It's mm-hmm. nuts. They'll show up to my office with 15 grand cash. Mm-hmm. Happened a few times already. <laughs> and absolutely they can use it. I want them to use it. I want them mm-hmm. to love it. I want them to like, you know, do selfies and stuff on it and post it to me. Like <laughs> if I could get people like just to send testimonials like from their land, like they could be ripping it up on on a dirt bike or something. Like I would like knock off a month, one month payment. Like yeah. and it's so funny, but yes, love it. Use it. Now, granted, we also have some land we sell, like the bigger ones we've done, did a subdivide and those are on 30 year mortgages. We actually mm-hmm. got a huge down payment and those go in the buyer's name. And mm-hmm. I'm just a mortgage. Okay. I'm just a deed of trust and a promissory note. Right. And then what's cool. Well, I hope they, I hope they pay for at least seven years without refinancing out of it. Mm-hmm. Cause that's mm-hmm. like, you know, banks have this figured out. They know everyone moves every five to seven years. So I'll get a ton of interest for this land on a very small interest rate. But what's crazy is when they go to build that house, the bank's going to pay the junior loan off because they want to be the, the the big loan on it type thing, right. whatever the yeah. I'm sure bankers are probably like, well, there's a word for that, but I don't know what the heck it is. <laughs> they'll pay me off pretty quick. No so. worries. We're not a big words kind of company over here. So me neither. See, that's why I knew I liked you guys. I love this podcast. <laughs> Investing for good. <laughs> All right, um, let's move on to the investing for good impact round. We're going to ask you a couple of questions around investing for good. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Let's go. Time to go let's home and it. see the kids. Yes, let's do it. All right. So the first question is investing in yourself. So what is one way that your investments are helping you to live a better life? So, I mean, I'll mention this. I was home by 2 p.m. yesterday. I cooked dinner. Tomorrow, I'm taking the day off for just me and my wife day much needed. And then, you know, I never got to do this in the military. I always had to ask for leave, like to take leave mm-hmm. to va- take a vacation at two year or two weeks out of the year. We just got back from our second trip in the last six months around the country. We'll pull our camper and go camping. And this time we went to our lake house. So that was about a three and a half week. We pretty much almost took three quarters of December off. And that's how it's changed my life is time, ability to, to afford those. I still work like crazy. I love to work. Um, my wife will say I probably need to work less, but uh, it's changed, <laughs> changed our lives in that, that way. Yeah. And now you have think- like 50 cabins around the country, right? <laughs> no, I still don't have a cabin, believe it or not. So, oh, uh, no. but uh, one day maybe. <laughs> just cabin do you, dreams do you own land that you go to and vacation on or no i do not actually and so no. well i live on 58 acres oh okay um, so or i just, pretty much live on my okay. dream <laughs> uh, so we, we literally have a ranch wow. however i bought some land that i was like i'm gonna use this we have a, a huge camper we pull I'm, I'm like all in the dry camp and i fill up the water tanks or bring the generator yeah. and charge the batteries and i was like we're gonna go to this land and then we came across that 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 house and land we ended up purchasing. So now we live on it. It's like, I'm always like, we're going to pull the camper back in the woods and camp. And we never do it either. So I think I've gotten comfortable. Like the army really, you know, just made me tired of, you know, roughing it, I guess. Yeah. 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 Wow. Gosh, I can't even imagine 58 acres. That's wild. It must be like such a, there must be like parts of the land you haven't even stepped on i would imagine oh absolutely yeah 100 um, yeah we yeah we have four wheelers and we haven't even ridden on all of it and this is probably a part you'll want to edit out but like my kids can walk outside and like pee and no neighbors will 
ever see them. It's like, that's yeah. really cool. Like, yeah. I don't know how that most of our listeners are parents, so they know, they know that's a huge perk to have your kids be able to go outside and pee. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's all my son does. It's like, Dad, I'm going to go outside and pee. It's like, son, it's like 18 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. That is something that I would love to have as a, is a space and a place to let my kids roam free and not have to worry about them. And um, we definitely don't have that here where we live. It's definitely city living for sure so yeah might be checking out your website maybe we'll get a piece of land <laughs> just do it just just to it. just to do it i mean just you don't to like it like, yeah i'll well, give you your money back <laughs> well you know what i want is that little thing i yes, want that little I know, thing the like little bottle. <laughs> yeah that's what i want i want to have that little thing i want to have it behind me on my little thing and be like that's a piece of land that if we ever wanted to go anywhere, the pandemic gets crazy or worse or whatever, we'll just pack up our tent and head out to our piece of land, wherever oh, that may so be. Cool. So I'll have to go check that out. Yeah. 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 All right. Second question is investing in others. So what is one investment strategy or life hack or something that you might be able to share with our audience that <clears> will help them catapult their investment journey? You know, I, I have a couple things and I hope you don't cut me off. Yeah. Honestly. You know, read books, like read books, get up early in the morning and do it. Like, if mm -hmm. okay, you're not a morning person, too bad. Just get up early and do it. And if you don't read that morning, read that night and then hire a coach. You know, there mm -hmm. is someone out there that's 10 steps ahead of you from where you want to be like, and you know, I've got coaches and all like my next coach, I want to hire a, a personal trainer. I know everything there is to know about physical and eating right. But if I have someone that's teaching me and he's a little further, well, like where I want to be, like, I, I want to hire that person to help me get there. One for accountability mm -hmm. and two, he's going to hold my hand and show me what's coming next. So mm -hmm. coach, I, I believe in coaches. So that's, that's my recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're big believers in both of those things. Annie just completed her 2020 review of all of her books that she read <laughs> in the year, which oh. were a ton. And she was like, Oh, that's not even it. That was just like the paperwork. <laughs> That doesn't include all the audiobooks. And, oh my. Yeah. And we, I love reading as well. I make it a huge priority and coaching as well. Annie and I are both coached and uh, firmly believe why waste the time? Why reinvent the wheel? There's, yes. there's really no point. And it's a, you know, you could spend 50 grand on, on making a huge mistake, or you could spend 50 grand on coaching that will pay you for years and years and years beyond that, because now you have all the knowledge that this person has now shared with you um and you could That's have prevent so you know so many financial mistakes and also provides a lot of opportunities because it's a connection likely to somebody who's coaching many other people and also knows other people in the industry if they are somebody who's where you want to be so all all great advice and things that annie and i subscribe to as well yeah. so i love that all right last question is investing in the world so what is one thing that your investments are doing right now to make the world a better place you know, we do a lot of giving back. I'm a firm believer on, believer on tithing. I'm not perfect at it. That's for sure. I fail all the time. I'm like, oh, we could take this money. <laughs> and when you start thinking about that, it's too late. Uh, so give back. You know, there's always going to be someone in need, you know, give someone a lift up. And it's just that money just comes back at you like a boomerang. Um, and it's just you know, don't forget to give back tithe. You know, if you don't have uh, time or the money to tithe, then give give back in your time, you know, 
just got to give back. You know, the, the Bible says 10%. That's tithing is 10%. Um, like I said, not perfect at it, but uh, that's one thing that's, that's uh, I will say anytime we've ever, when we do it consistently, it's just the, be- just the best thing ever. Absolutely. When you can give abundantly, you can live abundantly. So true. That that's just, good, oh that just came to me. I just, but I like that. I'm going to like write all that book reading you do. You know? <laughs> there we go. It's just synthesizing in my mind. All right, Brent. Well, this has been a fascinating show. Julie and I, I know, have learned oh, yeah. so much and uh, we are going to come after your land. I'm like, I, I want one of those I little dirt bottles. Yeah. Anyway, so... Brent, tell us and our listeners if they wanted to follow up with you, learn more about your land business or your land coaching program. What's the best place that they can go? Thanks for asking me that, Annie. I was having so much fun with this. I didn't even think about that. So I started coaching about six months ago. It's been incredibly challenged, but also a growing experience because I mean, just what I thought would make a successful land investor is totally different. And I didn't realize this at the time, but you know, I built a course around 16 students. Uh, actual live students and it's all filmed and we coach. So yeah, go to thelandsharks.com. That's T-H-E-L-A-N-D-S-H-A-R-K-S.com. You know, find me on Facebook or whatever, Brent L. Bowers. Brent Bowers, real estate investor, coach, and creator of The Land Sharks. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and your story with us today, Brent. Thank you, Annie. Thank you, Julie. You've been listening to The Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth, and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations. 